City FA Cup winners. How good does that sound? This podcast is all about the victory on Saturday, the goal, the saves, the VAR, the celebrations, absolutely everything to do with the final. In association with footballkitmarket.com, it's the FA Cup winners. <laughs> it's for Fox's sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox Sake. My name is Pete Selby and alongside me in For Fox Sake HQ2, it's Rob Hayes. Rob, have you had a good weekend? What did you do on Saturday? Anything special? Yeah, it was all right, thanks. Nothing nothing much happened, really. I, I, I popped back to Leicester, saw a couple of mates, saw my family. Uh, yeah, about it. You? Yeah, fine. Went work, got back, went around my sisters, uh, won the FA Cup, and then uh, got back, went to sleep. No worries. Ah, I knew there was um, something I was missing. I knew there was something else in there. Yeah, that old FA Cup. Go on, just just say it again. Leicester won the FA Cup on Saturday. Can you even get your head around the fact that we are in a position to record a podcast about Leicester winning the FA Cup for the first time in their entire history, having also had the privilege of recording a podcast when Leicester City won the Premier League for the first time in their history. It's, it is a little bit mad. It is mad. I can get my head around it because of the photos that have been all over social media, the photos all over the press, um, the photos that are going to be in picture frames and on the walls of everyone's houses in the next, say, few weeks. It kind of... It suits them. It suits seeing Jamie Vardy with the FA Cup. It suits seeing Kuntop with the, the FA Cup and Brendan Rodgers. It's, uh, it was a bit weird at the time and fantastic, but now, a few days later, it, it really it suits them because it's a trophy we could win, have won, and can try and win again. It, overall, what a, an amazing victory. And we were talking just before we pressed record. We had to stop, didn't we? We had to stop our little conversation to say, like, let's press record and and carry this on. It's um, I I just think it's a it's a great fit. And however we won the FA Cup, whether it was a goal off a knee or an own goal in injury, who knows? You know, some kind of scramble or whatever. Because let's face it, there's not been many decent FA Cup finals, especially in recent years. I'm, I'm talking about. If, if we won it that way, it would have been extremely special and it would have been celebrated in pretty much the same way. But to win an FA Cup in that style, in a style of, from a neutral point of view, I've been told many times that it's a, a final that will be remembered for a lot of reasons, for fans being back in the ground, but also for one of the best goals in an FA Cup final of all time, you have to say, and also the drama at the end, but also the scenes at the end of players like Vardy and Schmeichel who break beyond the realms of Leicestershire. They go off into wider folklore. Uh, Wes Morgan as well because of what happened in 2016, but also with the owner. Uh, The owner being brought down onto the field, uh, 
absolutely completely spontaneous. He had to be um, cajoled into by Schmeichel, but also everything was genuine. And I did a podcast earlier today, and all the stuff that's happened in the Premier League with the ESL and all that, it it just and everyone said, oh yeah, it shows you this is real. These are real owners. This is what it means. And da, 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 da. but I've been asked the question a few times since they've won, and and, uh, and I've just said, yeah, but nothing's put on. It's all real. So all the celebrations were just natural and just happened. Nothing was pre-planned. There was no kind of hidden message. It was there was no um, I'm going to do this for the cameras. It was just completely natural, and that's also how they've basically ran the club. And it's it's it just shows you, doesn't it? It really is a a, a great big plus point for Leicester as well as the football we'll come on to the football and the goal etc and and what it means for the club and what it means to us and all this winning the FA Cup but just those scenes afterwards were something special and when when we won I sat there and I was quite quiet throughout the game fairly nervous and 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 then when they scored I was even more nervous because obviously we're trying to hang on to the win but um but then afterwards if you remember when Man City won the league through that Aguero goal, Martin Tyler said on commentary, watch this, drink it in. And that's what I was doing. I was just staring at the screen, trying to drink in all of the celebrations and not missing a thing. And and it was just absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And something which doesn't stop now with what happens this week against Chelsea in the league. It doesn't stop uh, regardless of what happens in the league at the end of the season, it won't stop until probably we play in the third round of the FA Cup next year as the defending champions. It's something that we can all bask in over the summer. It is fantastic. And to be honest, Rob, I'll tell you this, since the win, since the final whistle blew, it's actually, for me, it's got better by the hour. I'm now happier now than I was at the end of the game. Yeah, there, there was a lot to take in in the immediate aftermath, wasn't there? And and I know everybody will have reacted in different ways and probably depending on where the, whereabouts they watched it and who they watched it with. But I know I, I was exactly the same as you, Pete. When the final whistle went, I was I was just sort of staring. I'd, I'd watched the last 20 minutes or so kind of peeking through my fingers, clawing at my face. And, and I don't think I've felt tension like that watching Leicester in a long, long time, if ever. And when the final whistle went, I, I, obviously I was delighted. There was a, a, there was a clench of a fist, and then and and then every time a, a different picture came on the TV screen, was a, sort of a different emotion came. I was I was delighted to start with, but probably actually relieved first, um, especially with the VAR moment a few a few minutes previous to the final whistle, and then it was elation kind of briefly really and then and then you just saw what it clearly meant to all of the players all of the staff the owner top sitting in, next to an empty chair where you know Vichai would have been the moment where he looks up to the to the sky and I, I defy most human beings let alone football fans let alone Leicester fans to not have felt the genuine emotion that was there in the in the aftermath of that final whistle because there was a, a great camera shot of him just sort of looking up to the heavens 
and and it was a really poignant moment and and it, it got me it got Gary Lineker obviously if you were watching the BBC coverage uh it, I watched the second half with my uh, at my parents house and my, um, it got my mum she was gone I was I wouldn't say uncontrollably sobbing but I was just sat staring and I, I could feel myself welling up and you know some people will look from the outside and think, oh, it's only football. Oh, it's only a game of football. But it means so much more to everybody as a supporter of Leicester City Football Club. I think more widely in terms of everybody who lives in the city or who has any connection to the city. And even more widely still, the millions of people watching who probably were just back in Leicester because they're not in that position very often or back in Leicester because they think, you know, they deserve it more than Chelsea because Chelsea have had relatively a lot more success than Leicester. But I think they would have felt if they didn't know before, they would have felt what this club and this city is, is all about. And it was, it was just incredible. You know, it's really, I've been thinking for a couple of days, how do I put it into words on the podcast? And I'm actually quite grateful that we're doing this on, on the Monday evening after the cup final rather than straight away or even on the Sunday, just 48 hours to, to process a few things and to try uh, and describe how we're feeling. And, and I'm sure those of you listening at home are exactly the same. And, and we've, we've got some supporters voices coming up in a little while. So thank you to everybody that sent in their voice notes. We've included as many as we can. They'll be dropped in and out of the podcast um, throughout the next hour or so. And, and I think you can tell some of them are struggling to sum it up uh, as well. And and I think you're right, Pete. You'll continue to feel probably different emotions as, as you go through different stages of processing the fact that Leicester have won the FA Cup. And this is a phenomenal football club. Absolutely amazing. And also, just a word on the rest of the podcast, because we are recording so close to the game against Chelsea, we won't really be delving in. We'll have a, a five-minute spell on on maybe the Chelsea game at the end of the podcast um, regarding the league because that's so soon and and we'll just ride the wave basically into that game and see what happens, which I think is basically what the players are going to be doing anyway. It's I've said before, and I'll say again, I am pretty sure there are fans of clubs the size of, say, Spurs especially, um, Arsenal, your Chelsea's, who are jealous of supporters of clubs the size of Leicester and who are maybe in the Premier League or maybe even clubs like, say, um, Norwich City, for a good example. Because when we have success, it means more. And when we have success on a great scale like Leicester, it means a whole lot more. But when you win a trophy, which you had ambitions and dreams of actually winning that is unbelievable it's almost better than winning the league because the league was never a dream because the league was never possible the premier league was never possible winning the fa cup was possible you can dream that and they've gone and done it the fact that they've never been in the semi-final in our lifetime was was amazing but to go and actually win the fa cup is is just amazing and the fact that you heard Leicester fans in the ground. You didn't hear Chelsea. You heard Leicester fans. And from independent reports, a lot of journalists, and I've read almost every square inch of reports, and they all mentioned you could hear Leicester rather than Chelsea. Were Chelsea fans bothered? 
about the game. Uh, I'd say the ones in the ground wanted to go to a game. Now, they wanted to go to the FA Cup final to see their side win, but I would generally say a lot of them probably just wanted to go to a game because they've got the Champions League coming up, etc., etc. Fair play, because they've done well. Um, But Leicester, they were there not only because they could go to the game, but because it was an FA Cup final to see their club. And the noise that greeted the ball hitting the back of the net, it was a... And people might think I'm completely bonkers here, but when you're... In fact, actually, no. Listeners to this podcast, they will know exactly what I'm talking about when I when I say this. Um, fans of maybe some other clubs and non-football fans will be like, you're talking mad. When a goal is scored, there are different noises. There are different cheers. There is the yay of a sixth goal in injury time of a 6-0 win. There is the ironic consolation cheer. There is the general standard first goal in the game, big cheer. There is the Jamie Vardy goal against Manchester United to make it, what, 11 goals, all that. That was the loudest cheer I'll ever hear. But the goal at Wembley, the noise from the Leicester end, was complete elation and everyone to 11 out of 10 ecstatic. It was higher pitched than normal. It was when the goal went in, people who would never run into the aisles of the stands. And I know there was a bit more room because of the separation of fans, etc. But people were running into the stairwells and running down to the front. And I guarantee hardly any of them would do that at the King Power. Maybe a few, but not many. It was just sheer delirium and it was unbelievable. Now, first of all, because of the standard of the goal, that helps because it was an amazing goal. But it means more. It means more to us because of the size of the club and because we haven't won this trophy before. And when other clubs and other supporters look around and go, yeah, well, you know, maybe it's the FA, it's only the FA Cup. No, it's not. It may be the only, only the FA Cup to you guys. I feel sorry for them. I'd hate to support a club like Chelsea, who I know they might win the Champions League, but I've said before, if you're a fan of a club and you expect to win, and when you win, you can't celebrate because it's just, oh, it's what we should do. Oh, my God, how boring is that? It was just fantastic. And you could afterwards, people being interviewed on TV, it wasn't, none of it's fake. It's all pure, just massive smiles. You've got people at the King Power Stadium, you've got people who are there almost on the way there acting cool and this, that and the other. And as soon as they get down there, they start dancing and waving flags around and that. Just just, just lose it, basically. And, you know, everything's out the window. It's, it's just fantastic, you know you got 70-plus-year-old men making huge tinfoil FA Cups in the morning, mentioning no names. Um, and uh, it's it's that. It's that. You don't get that elsewhere, I don't think. I, I think at clubs, anything less than Leicester, in terms of size of club, you'll get it. But at the big clubs, you won't get that. And I, I feel quite sorry for them, in a way. But end of the day, tough. We won. And what a brilliant goal um what a brilliant goal i feel sorry for those supporters of those clubs but i feel extremely and eternally grateful to have been born in leicester and therefore 
uh, become a Leicester fan. I mean, I mean, that's there's not too many Leicester fans um, across the country and across the world that weren't either born here or had family here. Maybe more so now since the Premier League win. But Rob, Rob, I'll stop you there, Rob. Yeah. Um, go on. You, you know, you're a few years younger than me. Okay, I'm I'm 38, just turned 38. In my lifetime, of say, let's say the last uh, well, 38. So, um, since I was say 10 or whatever, about 10. So you were talking, um, the Wembley finals, you know, kind of Swindon and Blackburn, etc. In the early 90s, I can't think of a single club that I would have been. I would have more enjoyment out of supporting in my lifetime. If I joined, if I supported Liverpool, no, no, no. Man United, oh, it would have won everything. But again, it would have got boring. It would have got... Um, I, Chelsea, I know they had to... Sit. You name another club in English football that I could have supported and I would have had more fun supporting... I, there isn't one. There is not one at all. No, there isn't. and And that's why we are... I won't even say lucky. Just, just as I said, I think gratitude is the is the main one because, you know, you can be a fan of those clubs and and yes, you can say, well, we've won X amount of this, whatever. Don't really care because because you don't care. They don't they don't really care as much. Or if it, if it's adding another Premier League title to however many you've got in the bag already, do you really care as much as 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 you care about the one that you were never expected to win or even the one that comes after that? And I think a really important thing about Leicester City as a football club is, yes, we are now in a position where we can continue to look up and we can continue to sort of strive for more success. I think the club is in a position to do that. Uh, And of course, the supporters want to be carried along with that as far as we can go. But I worried a little bit when we won the Premier League that that kind of success would then lead to disproportionate expectations of further success amongst Leicester City fans. And I think for a short while, amongst small groups of supporters, I think it did. I think there was a a sort of an expectation of, well, we've had that, why aren't we having it again? But I think what we've got now, and it's really because of the message I think that Brendan Rodgers has put across, he he said it in his post-match interviews after the FA Cup win, that success for Leicester City is competing at that kind of level it, it's giving yourself a pos- putting yourself in a position or giving yourself an opportunity to get yourself into an FA Cup final to have a go at winning the FA Cup it is being absolutely delighted and having to have everything click into place in order for you to finish in the top four and, and get Champions League football and I think that 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 mentality has has kind of won over the fans that were maybe expecting a little bit too much and and they can actually sit back and say, you know what, of course the FA Cup's different because it's been something, it's been hanging over our heads for for, basically 137 years, hasn't it, let's be honest. Um, But I don't think now now that we've won it once, I don't think that it will lose its value to Leicester City supporters. So I personally can't ever see a situation where I would go to a Leicester game and and, and expect to, to win or start a season where I would expect to to finish in, in, in sort of X position. 
I would want to, and I and I would and I would wish for it, and I would back the team to as much as I could to do it. But ultimately, we're we're grateful for what we get, and I think despite the fact that we've won now the Premier League and the FA Cup both within the last five years, I think that's a position that Leicester will continue to to be in. I don't th- see us ever becoming one of those clubs that expect one of those sets of supporters that expect success to the point where they'd be disappointed with x y and z or they'd be like Chelsea fans like you said Pete they would have walked away disappointed from Wembley on Saturday of course they would but would they be absolutely beaten up about not winning the FA Cup probably not because they can see another opportunity because Chelsea are always there or thereabouts Leicester you know you know it's the first final in 50 odd years first time we've been past the semi-final in as you said since either me or you has been on this planet so it could realistically be another 137 years until Leicester win the FA Cup again and I think that is what sets us apart from those other clubs I was fortunate enough to be able to stand there in the stands arm in arm with my old man who has been around for all of the four previous failed attempts at the FA Cup and to stand there Saturday in the stands watching us lift the trophy after having to wait so long since uh, since our last attempt was just just phenomenal. Just makes you proud again to be part of that history, part of that unique bond that the whole city of Leicester has through the football and uh, yeah, it's just a remarkable achievement and uh, what a glorious day for the whole uh, the whole city of Leicester. Come on. I'm 62 this year and uh, the last time I watched an FA Cup final with Leicester in was 1969, age nine in my bedroom. So I watched it with a few close family and it was the most riveting watch as the game wore on all the way through until we scored and then 20 minutes of purgatory of hanging on and I felt totally drained at the end but elated. It was a wonderful result. If Chelsea won the FA Cup, uh, I think they would have celebrated for a day and then all eyes on Champions League, etc, etc. And even if they weren't in that position for the Champions League, it's when they win trophies, they can be very happy. But you can't be the same delirious happy as, as clubs like Leicester. And I mentioned Norwich because they've won the championship. I think that's what, twice in, in three years. Amazing. It's... It's those clubs. It's those victories. They they're better. They they mean more. Um, if you're if you're one of the real big boys and you win the Champions League, fair play. Okay, I'll take my hat off to that. But um, but the rest, not for me. And it's and you mentioned you know supporters and and everyone's going to be wanting to do better and better. But it's when Leicester win. It's when they win a trophy or getting through to the next round. That's when everyone starts singing off the same hymn sheet. And even those supporters who demand absolute perfection those all of a sudden I think get a reality check not from defeats but from victories it's the victory that makes them turn around and go actually this is quite simply amazing and I've got to enjoy this rather than expect it because if you expect it all you feel is relief not delirium and that's what I was trying to get through regarding the noise of the goal celebration it was delirium it wasn't an expectation of a first goal which I think is what you were hearing from the Chelsea end or you would have heard because (laughs) they didn't score the game itself panned out 
a little pat on our backs really but I think we absolutely completely nailed it essentially in our preview um just stay in the game make it boring hold Chelsea uh, get them to the point of looking around going actually we've we've ran out of ideas what's plan b and that's exactly what they did it was probably a horrible game for the first 60 minutes to watch for a neutral uh, and then the final half an hour it, it exploded into life you look at the game as a whole and you can really narrow it down to only a few real moments the the plan of playing Johnny Evans it was fortunate in a weird way that we had the game against United because if and we said this before if Johnny Evans doesn't play we know what we can do um, against United it will be that side uh, we said that that would be the side that walks out at Wembley if Evans wasn't fit if he was fit then it's it's a very simple you add him into the side job done and probably all Brighton comes off and that's what's happened he then what comes off after a half an hour or so so they could easily just switch round um, into the formation that uh, that we had against United away away from that I thought in terms of performance levels, um, you could tell there were a few nerves around. Soyun Chu was, I think, quite nervous in the first half. I thought indeed he was slightly nervous as well. Uh, Ian Acho, whether he was nervous or just, just had a really poor game, but yeah, he had a really poor game. But there were one or two who didn't and one or two who showed that they don't have nerves. And there were probably the players that you might expect in a weird way you've seen Fafana be very confident I think one of the early games he played I think when we played one of the real top sides and the first time he played against one of the real top sides and he was a bit at sea and you wondered whether he was just kind of trying too hard um I thought that was arguably Wesley Fafana's best game for Leicester because he was secure and measured and dominant at centre half it looked like he grew about three inches as well. He won everything in the air and he blocked everything as well. He was basically Wes Morgan-esque in his blocks. Two blocks in the first half in quick succession were fantastic. And never underestimate the power of a centre-half blocking the ball. As I said, Wes Morgan and Robert Huth won a Premier League that way. I thought I thought Fafana was, was, was excellent and arguably man of the match but he won't be in that conversation because of what happened behind him and what happened just in front of him but um we'll come on to those Rob what, do you, what did you think about the, the first half especially and, and, and Wesley Fofana you're right I did predict a 1-0 and we did predict a cagey game so thank you very much for that uh it was actually a slightly better watch than I thought it would be don't get me wrong it wasn't uh it wasn't an absolute thriller but I expected it to be a little bit flatter and I think maybe the fans have got something to do with that because it'd be quite easy for players I would imagine over the last uh, 18 months or so to to have no atmosphere in the stadium for a game to be flat for long periods of time I don't think that the supporters particularly allowed that to happen I think Leicester did a proper number on Chelsea in terms of restricting their opportunities uh, yeah, huge, huge credit to the players for being able to adapt to Johnny Evans having to go off on 34 minutes uh, and totally agree with you. The fact that Plan B had had a full rehearsal, basically, against Manchester United made Johnny Evans' departure sit much, much 
uh, more comfortably with me. And as soon as I saw it was all bright and coming on, I thought that that's exactly the change that needed to be made. Yes, you've got Amati and Morgan on the bench, who both of which would be more natural, like-for-like replacements. But the Manchester United game was the one where Castagna played on the right of the three uh, and Albrighton played at right wing back. That was tried and tested. There was no risk associated with that because of the success that they'd had against Manchester United with that system. So I was really, really pleased, not pleased that Evans went off, obviously, but pleased that we had that um, that insurance policy there. Yes, uh, agree. And Ian Acho was never in the game, uh, but, you know, his goals got us there. So you can't you can't slag the guy off too much um, overall. A couple of shaky moments for a couple of players, but yeah, I had Fafana written down as one of my standout performers, uh, along with Luke Thomas, really. Fafana was at the centre of a lot more, obviously, because of those those big, timely blocks. His positioning was outstanding. We know about his tenacity and his and the aggression in his in his defending, but his positioning was fantastic. He he looked very focused, very composed uh, for a twenty year old centre back playing in a you know he's he's only got a handful of of top level professional appearances senior appearances let alone um turning up at a cup final the FA cup final um at Wembley I thought he was brilliant I thought it was a big call from Rodgers to start Luke Thomas ahead of Ricardo and what a call it was you know he has come so far in such a short period of time Luke Thomas and he was really really good a 19 year old Leicester lad at Wembley in an FA Cup final starting at left wing back against the the talent that Chelsea have got I thought he was really really just he did everything right and and then extra you know he had he had a little bit more about him he got forward when he when he needed to his defending was was very secure He, he kept the ball he used the ball well I was so, so pleased for him. And really, those two in particular were players that maybe you didn't expect to rise to the occasion or certainly had the potential to not quite be on their game because of the natural pressure of such a huge game. And they both handled it exceptionally well. And they are both really bright talents for... Leicester City's future success. Yes, we've got other players to talk about in a couple of minutes' time, but they really, yes, stood out for me as as monumental performances for such young players. Yeah, they'll be the first players that come to mind when you tell the stories of the cup final in years to come. And I thought uh, Chelsea obviously attacked down their right, so our left, uh, to, to, to attack Thomas. It's exactly what you would do. Uh, to try and test him out. And they tested him out an awful lot in the first 20 minutes. And he came through it well and then really stamped his authority at that position to the point of they basically changed their attack in the second half and made it more varied. It was a, a brilliant performance by Fafana. I, I thought he was great. And in the second half, Soyuncu then basically turned it on. He, he He stepped up to the party and he was really really solid um he was also quite delicate in his tackle there was a number of occasions when various Chelsea players were inside the penalty area and Soyuncu didn't lunge in for the tackle they were almost waiting for the tackle to go over and everyone was waiting for the penalty to be given but 
Soyuncu was disciplined, very, very disciplined. And in the second half, I thought he had a really, really good game. Elsewhere, well, the goal, an amazing goal. What a fantastic goal. If you right now think of cup final goals or cup final moments from the last 20 years, you go back and off the top of my head, you've got, I remember Watson's goal for Wigan beating Man City. Uh, you remember... Um, you remember Ray Parler curling in the top corner when Lovejoy said it's only Ray Parler, that sort of thing. Owen's goal. Um, there are there are most Gerard's goal. This will be one you will remember this for years as a as a normal football fan, but as a Leicester fan, it's ingrained in your mind. An amazing strike. I was talking to the brother-in-law at the time, who's a Manchester United fan. We we're trying to assess that's. It's like Lampard, and we we decided it was Scholes esque. It was very Scholesy, the way because it was so truly hit. Um, not quite Gerard. Gerard would would have been more kind of leaning over the ball and and power. When this was very Scholes esque, I thought. But then it won't be called that anymore. It will be Tillemans esque. It was just natural talent, absolute natural talent. Slightly leaning back. How he's kept that down, not sure. How he's got the power from using his slight instep rather than his late, not sure. How, I'm not too sure how that's happened. But it, it's so crisp against a goalkeeper who is, quite frankly, he's dreadful, isn't he, Kepper? But if anything, he's agile. You know, you give him that. Uh, he couldn't get near it. No one could get near it. And it was a stunning goal from... A f- it's full 25. I'm not, I'm not too sure whether it's been officially measured, but I'd, I'd have said it's between 25 and 30 yards out. Just an amazing strike. And the celebration by Mark Albrighton with his hands on his head behind Tillemans as Tillemans calmly runs to the crowd, patting the the Leicester badge. It was surprising, actually, because you'd think if you score a goal like that in a cup final, you'd go mad. And Yuri Tillemans knows exactly what it means winning an FA Cup. I don't think that's lost on, on Yuri Tillemans at all, the the magnitude of the goal. I just think he knew he scored one of the best goals of his career, if not the best goal to date, uh, certainly the most important goal. And I think he just hit it so well. He was like, well, there you go. You know, almost like a Thierry Henry celebration. As in, you know, when Thierry Henry celebrated a really good goal, he never went mad. Um, apart from that goal against Spurs, I think. Um, he never went mad. He was always really cool and calm. That was a Yuri Tillemans going, yep, that's me. That's the quality I have. And it was the other players who had their hands on the head going, what a goal. Just amazing. And again, I mentioned the crowd, fantastic. And and Rogers kind of let it go, didn't he, as well? He was he was halfway down the touchline. What what a goal. And, and the commentary... Um, I don't think I've listened back to I've watched back the goal a thousand times and there's three commentaries I can hear you've got the BBC you've got uh, BT and then you've got the official FA Cup so the official FA Cup was Martin Tyler and this is a bit um, commentary nerdy but Martin Tyler's commentary was really good for the goal because he got the oh what a goal you know it, it surprised him you've got Ian Dark who was commentating for BT, theirs is the best because they were talking of, I think they were talking about um, Thomas or something to do with something else in the game. And all of a sudden it was what a goal. And you could hear the people in the background shouting a bit like you could hear Piper on Radio Leicester. 
that was really good. The BBC were were very kind of understated, I think, with it. I, I think they uh, it wasn't quite the the massive. You can imagine John Motson going absolutely berserk, or Barry Davis would have gave it the absolute clappers. It would have been really, really good. But I don't think <laughs> I don't think when you watch it back, the BBC would have been the best one to 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 listen to. It would be uh, try and dig out the others if you can. That's my that's my little thing for you to find on on YouTube and that. But uh, just the goal. What a what a goal. Perfect is is the way that you you would have to describe it. It is technically perfect. It is a goal that thoroughly deserves to win five FA Cup finals over. And you know, it, it, it is of course it's a world class goal. And and it's kind of like, did you did did we expect it to happen? No, but but can you see? how it's happened from probably one of the most technically gifted footballers ever to wear a Leicester shirt. Yes, it's it's understandable. It's not like... It, it, it's surprising in the sense that not many people pull a strike like that out of the bag in any match, let alone in, a, in an FA Cup final. But he is technically an outstanding footballer. And, you know, I, I still think... Well, I know, I know that there are there are supporters out there, Leicester City fans, who don't actually think he's that good, and I I really struggle to see what they're seeing because I, I think you know we we've had conversations before about when we've picked our best Leicester 11s or or anything or something like that, and and player a player like Esteban Cambiasso has got into the into the midfield because uh, he was just a cut above when he was at Leicester. For me, Tielemans, Tielemans is better. He he is for for somebody who is twenty three. You've got to look at his football experience rather than his age to really truly understand how he's got to this point already. Because he's played an awful lot of games uh, at the highest level uh, in Europe for five six years now. He is he 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 looked right at home in an FA Cup final against Chelsea. His composure on the ball the the control that he had of the midfield remarkable and like you say the way that he kind of he didn't strut off with any real swagger he he ran nice and calm like he put in a goal to to secure something at like 3-0 in, in a league game and he ran over to the fans and and you know he he believed that he could do that. He trusted himself to do that, and he knew that he could do it. And he said in his post match interviews, he said, "Yeah, it was a great goal. I know. Thank you." Like he is, he is the complete package for me. He he gives absolutely everything both ways in central midfield. He's won Leicester City the FA Cup, and I really hope that the that the rumours that are gathering strength that he's. Uh, close to agreeing a contract extension and an improved deal are true because he is an absolute driving force for taking this football club forward. His, that It's an exquisite finish and it is no less than he deserves for the contributions that he's made uh, to the team this season and the contribution that he made if you take that game in isolation. Every time he got the ball, he used it extremely well. He... He just seems to have more time than anybody else. There are a couple of moments where he received the ball in such a tight area on on the edge of the centre circle in his own half, 
three Chelsea players come straight to press him. He knows exactly which way he's going to go and which way he's going to get him out of there with just one touch and he's away. He is a remarkable footballer and I really can't think that I have seen anybody better as a central midfielder for Leicester than Yuri Tielemans. And I really hope that this FA Cup goal opens those people's eyes who don't quite see it. I hope this this opens their eyes. He is outstanding. Well, he's the most important player at the club. Quite frankly, he's the most important Leicester player because of what he does going forward, going back, controlling the play. We haven't got another player in the squad like him. He's the best player. Uh, he is the most important player at the football club. He's probably going to be the highest player, paid player at the football club in the next few weeks, hopefully. And so he he's should be. An ex- and so he should be. He's going to be, what, an extra 20 grand on, per week now after that goal. And there we go. I'd imagine that was probably going to be offered to him rather than maybe demanded by his agent or himself. It's um, uh, exactly right. There's not many players at Leicester you would say are... I mean, it's, it's terrible to say world-class or in you know, top echelon of football or whatever. But Tillemans is. You don't play first-team football for Belgium uh, if you're not very good. He's He is exceptional. He's a brilliant player and he's getting better. And can I just say and... one more thing? Sorry, Pete. Just say one more thing on his attitude. He's, he's a very grounded, humble, almost wise-looking 23-year-old. Um, and I, I know somebody who spotted him out and about uh, on Sunday morning uh, in a park with his kids in Corn. Uh, and yeah, okay, the celebrations would have been limited because of the game coming up in three days' time and uh, and sort of COVID restrictions and that kind of thing. But Sunday morning, after after smashing the the FA Cup winning goal into the top corner, he's down the park with his with his kids. He he just seems like a proper good level headed bloke, a- along with his outstanding natural ability. And I think that's what sets him apart. Yeah, he's confident. He knows his ability. He knows he's a very good player, but he's not arrogant with it and again he they, he comes across just as a generally nice bloke doesn't he um maybe maybe almost too nice in a way maybe you want him getting stuck in more in midfield or whether we need a little bit of help in there so he can go forward more i know it's worked him playing slightly deeper this season whether a new signing midfield maybe could release that that's something for another day but uh, he is the most important player at the football club but one of the other most important players at the football club is when you refer to the game, you would say two things. One, an amazing, fantastic goal. And also, Kasper Michael was made two absolutely blinding saves. The first one is a save onto the post, or whether his hand was on the post anyway, but still, that was going in. Strange how both of these are... Well, the goal that was chalked off and, and this header was both from Chilwell when he came on. And that was a fantastic save. And then he follows it up with a better one. Yes, more camera-friendly and a good height. But that's just pure instinct. There would have been goalkeepers who would have stood still. It was at the same end as Steve Claridge scored a goal, I know, from outside of the box and not quite in the same style, but it was from roughly that area going towards that corner. And there were goalkeepers like Nigel Martin who stood there and watched it go past him. There would have been goalkeepers who would have reacted way too late. But not Schmeichel. That was just pure natural talent and a fantastic save. And also, you got someone like Brendan Rodgers, who I know the adrenaline must have been pouring out of his ears at the time after the game. But 
the way he went over the top about that save, he, you don't almost hear that from Brendan at all. He was just absolutely gushing with praise. It was a fantastic save, brilliant save, um, one of the best of his career, the, one of the most important. I think when it comes back, he'll mention severe, severe, and um, he made a brilliant save at Copenhagen. Also, one or two title-winning season saves, but to win a cup because that pretty much has won the cup, hasn't it? Because you go. 1-1 with a few players coming onto the pitch like Chowdhury and, and then Wes Morgan what will happen in extra time more than likely Chelsea would go on and win that was just an absolutely fantastic save and as much as Rob we we all celebrated and we all at the end of the game go back and, and remember that save we also go back and remember Wes Morgan played in this cup final after five months of not even uh, gracing the pitch in the Leicester shirt, I couldn't even. I, I was gobsmacked when he was actually on the on the, named on the bench. To be honest with you, and I think he was if you listen to his his um, interviews afterwards. But he came on and did a job. Uh, just just on Schmeichel very quickly. I don't want to say too much more because I think you've you've hit the nail on the head there. But this this is really you mentioned the word word world class when talking about Yuri Tielemans a couple of minutes ago, and really that kind of thing is is difficult to define sometimes and, and people overuse the phrase. But I think moments like that in games like the FA Cup final, the, the sort of oldest, most traditional cup competition in world football, on, on the biggest stage, one of the most watched football matches that, that, that there is, for Yuri Tielemans to score a goal like that, and Kasper Schmeichel to pull off a save like that, that for me is what determines world class. That, that for me, those moments, those individual moments that turn a game, that, that make, that, that, that basically got Leicester's hands on the trophy were Yuri Tielemann's goal and Kasper Schmeichel's save. And both of those were pure natural talent that has also quite clearly been worked extremely hard on. Yes, uh, because obviously Schmeichel's not a naturally talented goalkeeper. He could go and do goalkeeper training for the rest of his life and not make that save. He has that raw ability and so does Tielemans in terms of striking that ball. But that also comes from sheer dedication to to their profession, really. And, and to that end, you can say, I think, I can say personally, in my opinion, quite confidently now, Yuri Tillemans and Kasper Schmeichel are world-class players. And Kasper Schmeichel's up there with the best in the Premier League. We talked about that before. He's up there with the best in the world. He's, he's an international... Reg- he's a first-team uh, number one goalkeeper for his for his country for God knows how long now. 10, 12 years, must be. He's been number one, undisputed number one at Leicester for, what, another 10, basically 10 years, however long he's been at the club. He is a world-class goalkeeper. That's a world-class save in a moment when it mattered. Talking of world class, Wes Morgan. <laughs> uh, gotta say, ten minutes to go, one nil up, to bring your dodgy back, thirty six, thirty seven, whatever he is, year old club captain who's not played for five months, to bring him on and stick him on Olivier Giroud is a big, big move. But I tell you what, he won some headers, big Wes. He looked the the camera when it cut to him when that ball had gone in. I, you know, he he looked absolutely crestfallen uh, because it hit him at some point, didn't it, in the melee? And you know, he, he, imagine he, he's been on for eight minutes and it's gone in off his ass. But he he came on, did his job, and really nice moment 
he lifted the trophy alongside Kasper Schmeichel. Uh, and that was... Uh, Morgan had said to Schmeichel, you've captained this side this season, on, on the pitch, certainly. Um, so you need to lift it. Schmeichel went and picked it up off of... Uh, his Royal Highness brought it over. Big Wes lifts it up and, and it's almost like flashbacks of five years ago. Absolutely phenomenal for him to get on the pitch in what is probably, let's be honest, his last appearance as a professional footballer. Yeah, unless he gets a, a trot out in the last five minutes against against Spurs on the last day in front of the, the King Power crowd, I'd imagine he'll be on the bench uh, no matter what states he's in physically just for that possibility. But that could well be the last thing he kicks because... Brendan's already said actually in this conference today that more than likely he's going to retire. Looking at him, he's going to retire, surely. He said about his back. His interview, which you just alluded to, it's well worth finding out. He's wearing a blue kind of jester's hat. He's on the pitch at Wembley and he's talking about the final and about being surprised he was on the bench. You can see that he didn't expect to be anywhere near that first team squad. So, um, yeah, a big call, a real big call there by by Rogers. You would have thought he would have been uh, not that sort of manager, really. A good move to bring on a player, but Armati surely would have been the guy come and stand next to Olivier Giroud. Unless he thought, well, actually, Giroud's not exactly going to make long-bursting runs. Big Wes can just basically bear-hug him and just hold him, basically, and don't don't let him go. But still, he did a job. He did win a few headers at the end there. So, you know, he did his he did his piece. Um, nice for him to get a, an appearance on the pitch in the cup final. Nice for Hamza Chowdhury as well uh, to come on. He's come on in the, what, the last few games instead of uh, Mendy. So that's an interesting little angle. You know, you wonder whether there's still hope for, for Chowdhury at the club. Uh, he... In all the celebrations, I mean, all the players were were going mad, weren't they? And all the, the some of the videos on um, on Instagram. I mean, Wilfred indeed, he's amazing value on Instagram with him. He's basically trolling and following uh, Kelechi Inacho around the training ground every day, laughing at him. I mean, it's that's I love that. I mean, technically, it's kind of bullying in a weird way, but never mind. It's um, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's highly amusing and uh, quite what I don't know what they were dancing, how what that dance was by. Inacho in the change room after uh, not too sure about that but uh, they were uh, Madison his it was great value but on the pitch it again it was just all natural it was fantastic um the cup lift itself uh not quite the same is it when it's on the pitch rather than up in the stands but there we go that's the time and it was all proper after you Claude wasn't it when it comes to Schmeichel and Morgan no you you lift it no you lift it you know and then okay we'll do it together um great stills from there looking forward to getting down the club shop to seeing if there's anything on offer and maybe get a few um in a few frames looking at the uh for Fox 8 HQ, I've got uh, a whole row of photos from the league win and it looked lovely alongside them. To witness yet another fairy tale from my club was something truly magical. I went with my dad to the game, but it felt like you were part of a much bigger family. The players, the fans, everyone involved made you feel part of the very special day. My daughter Lily, who is now four, was born the year they won the Premiership. My son Joshua, who was born this year, when we've obviously won the FA Cup. Unfortunately for Leicester, I'm not having any more babies. Until five years ago, as a Leicester fan, I was happy with seeing two League Cup finals in my lifetime. Now, I've seen a title victory and an FA Cup final victory. 
I could not be a happier Leicester fan. I have been fulfilled for the rest of my life now. Thank you, Leicester. What a day. Mostly physically exhausted, sore throat, but worth every second. Six and a half thousand fans felt like 30,000 fans. Out some Chelsea from start to finish. Out for Chelsea from start to finish. We'll never forget it. What a day to be a Leicester City fan. There's a brilliant photo. I've, I've, there's a few that I've seen. There's one, a great one of Vardy, which I think he's tweeted out saying um, FA Cup completed it, mate. Uh, when he's holding the FA Cup on the pitch. That's a really nice photo. Um, the, the best one I've seen, there's the one of uh, Kuntop who's hugging the FA Cup. Very nice. That's been done on a few edits on uh, on social media. My favourite is um, there's Madison Vardy and Kuntop sitting down uh, on the pitch and Kuntop's obviously they've, they've said something to make him laugh, and he's his head is back laughing, and it's and they've got the trophy. That's a brilliant photo. That's done the rounds quite a lot. That's probably my favourite um, from the FA Cup. So that's definitely going in the frame somewhere. The Vardy one obviously will do as well, uh, and and also the celebrations on the way back. If you are a and this is right up York Street. I don't know whether you actually <laughs> whether you won anything, Rob, in your career, but um, if you're Sunday League. And you've won a trophy and you travel on a bus because it's a special occasion for a final or something. Or even if you're very, very non-league and you're on a bus. Imagine the journey back and the carnage on the bus if you've just gone and won a trophy. Well, if you are Leicester City and you've just won the FA Cup, would you expect the same kind of celebrations on a, a I don't know, million pound bus, whatever it costs with all the facilities that you can imagine? Probably not, but that's what happened. It's well worth digging out some of the images of on the bus. It's just chaos. There's conga lines down the aisle. There's just dancing. There's people falling over seats and all sorts. And it's just, again, absolutely fantastic. Everyone's involved. Backroom staff galore. Um, Also, again, players who haven't made the first team squad. Absolutely everyone. It's that, That's been brilliant as well. Because, again, would that happen with... Oh, yeah, that's another thing. We won the FA Cup, Rob, before we even started. How can you turn up to the FA Cup not wearing suits? What were they thinking? Chelsea? What? The Kings of London? The Kings of Savile Row? Why haven't they gone down there and got some suits? They can't just rock up in track suits. And the manager in a track suit and a, and a, a gilet, a life preserve... What's he doing? And then all the players wearing different T-shirts and polo shirts and unbuttoned. Leicester rock up, all in the same suits, all in the same kind of um, posh leathery, trainery type things, including the manager. All very nice. It's an FA Cup final. You can't turn up looking like that. And I've seen a few Chelsea fans actually saying exactly the same thing. Very disappointed. And now I know that might be a very trivial thing, but, you you know... You wonder, were they taking it as serious as Leicester? Now, that might only be a half a percent, but come on. It, that, that that was a bit off. I'd be, I'd have been... Imagine if Leicester turned up all wearing different you know, T-shirts and shorts or whatever. Nah, you can't do that. We'd won beforehand, Rob. It's, yeah, it's a little bit of a mindset thing, to be honest with you. Some people might say, oh yeah, fashion, football, don't need mixing, whatever. It doesn't matter what you turn up in, it's, what, it's how you turn out on the pitch but like you say it could even be like half a percent or something but 
those Leicester players, there's a sense of unity there because they're all, you know, some of the social media images on the and the days leading up to it when they got sort of fitted for the suits and, and that were, were great. It was probably a really good sort of team bonding exercise to go and get fitted for your suits. I went to a suit fitting for my mate's wedding on, on Saturday lunchtime before the cup final and that was a really good bonding experience for us four who've known each other for best part of 15, possibly even 20 years. So... For those players to go through that and then all be looking sharp on on the on the coach to step off at Wembley, you'd walk in with a bit of a bit of a spring in your step, wouldn't you? If you if you're all sort of looking sharp, all all looking um, sort of together, you'd sort of you'd you'd strut in a little bit more, wouldn't you? And you'd you'd have that extra little bit about you. You mean you know nobody's ever going to be able to measure whether that had any impact on the pitch or not, and we're not sitting here saying that it did to any extent that that it changed the outcome of the game, but it did. It did look like Leicester were turning up to a cup final, and Chelsea were just turning up to another game, and and, and I don't necessarily think that's the mentality because I think Chelsea have got enough players of 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 a high quality in that squad, and also enough English players to understand what the FA Cup means. Um, but yeah, Leicester certainly looked the part before before the match. And look, going back to what you were saying about that about the bus, I, I've won a couple of uh, very low level uh, cups. Um, I don't know if you can call my my time on a football pitch a career, but I, I have won a, a couple of cups. Uh, we haven't travelled on on joint travel, so we've not actually had the kind of bus thing. But I can imagine you're a Sunday league team that, or, or well, any kind of amateur team that travels a distance on a coach together and you win uh, a cup final, the way back's going to be an absolute carnage. And it was the same for those for those Leicester players, wasn't it? And you would probably, and I know we're doing a lot of comparison here, oh yeah, aren't Leicester better than these, aren't Leicester better than them? But if it was the Chelsea players, they would have celebrated on the pitch, bounced up and down, sprayed a bit of champagne, lifted the trophy, possibly done a few little... Um, Semi choreographed dance uh, moves in the in the changing room after more than likely mainly for the purpose of their social media rather than for genuine enjoyment and and they probably would have maybe had a couple of drinks on the coach on the way back but would have just kind of been sat down really or like smiles and feeling good of course they would feel good about winning the trophy but there wouldn't be that elation I don't think that those Leicester players showed and and that for me really allows the connection throughout the entire club there. You've got the sort of family element with with Top and the way that he runs the club and the way that his dad did before. You've got the fact that the supporters consider themselves a family, that the club and the city are so close together in terms of their links with the community, what it means to the city. And it clearly meant as much to those players to win the FA Cup Probably individually, more so than for Leicester, but you know there, there are individuals within the Leicester team. Um, it meant as much to them as it as it, uh, it looked like it meant as much to them as it as it does and did to us as supporters, and, and that's that's a really really important thing and a really nice moment. Yeah, what a day! Um, I was actually lucky enough to to get a ticket to the game um, and be there on Saturday. Um, the atmosphere was incredible from outside the ground to when we got in. Yuri Tillemans, what a goal from him. Um, Schmeichel, brilliant saves. Um, and then, of course, Chilwell's disallowed goal really just topped off what was a, a historic afternoon um, and one that was great to be a part of. 
I moved to Leicester when I was 14, 17 years ago, on a day that should have been filled with joy at Rangers winning the Scottish Premier League in an invincible season with an incredible points tally. For me, yesterday was all about the emotion that I saw from the friends that I've spent the past 17 years getting to know and I didn't expect to see how much it meant to everyone especially after Leicester City won the Premier League five years ago I thought that'd be it I thought the emotions wouldn't be as high but you could really see what it meant and that outpouring of uh, a love for a club that really represents what football is all about I'm proud of my team Rangers but for me yesterday it was all about Leicester City there's been plenty of uh, talk in the lead-up to the game of players who have gone on from Leicester and always say they might have fantastic careers, win loads of things and, and really enjoy their football, but it's not Leicester. It's not the same. You might look at those scenes and the way the players react, etc., and go, well, is it as professional or is it a, is it what a, a real top side do? Is, it, is that what happens? Well, yeah, I'd rather it be that way. That's the link to the fans, the, the link that... That's exactly what I'd do. We'd be singing "Sweet Caroline" in the in the changing rooms. Like that. That's that's what makes it special or more special um, than when compared to other clubs. Chelsea, when they stood watching, I was amazed to to see them watch Leicester then lift the cup, all spaced out, no one not standing together, all in their own world. Now, obviously, everyone reacts in different ways, but that was highlighted by one or two people saying that's strange. You you surely stand next to one of your mates on in the club and but no they stood there maybe thinking about what's happening in the league or maybe thinking actually we we've got this completely wrong here how have we managed to lose to to Leicester how have we managed to not really threaten apart from that late uh, disallowed goal we've we completely got this wrong they turned up in suits they were absolutely ready they went through the whole thing we we didn't do that i want that they you might have players standing there not saying i want to leave chelsea and join leicester but i think you would have had one or two players standing there going why can't we be quite like that you know that that looks that looks a lot of fun and i imagine ben chilwell would be one turning around going yes it's a lot of fun now I will just say once again, before we mention the goal, I have got zero problem with any players leaving Leicester to go and join any of the really big sides. The Mareses, the Drinkwaters, the Chilwells, Harry Maguire, who who left a nice message on Twitter. Um, I mean, people who, who get on about Harry Maguire leaving Leicester. Oh, what are you going to... He's gone to join Man United to be paid 200 whatever grand a week and to be club captain of the club he supported. Come on, he he played really well at Leicester, and when we got an absolute shed ton of money for him, um, Chilwell, he came through the club. He wasn't a Leicester fan. Where was he from? Milton Keynes. Um, he wasn't a Leicester born and bred fan, but he came through the club. Cost absolutely nothing. Played for us for a number of years. I know he wasn't the supporters' favourite because of his style of play, and and we all know why. But again, he went to Chelsea, uh, and is being paid an extraordinary amount of money and in a week or two's time could be a Champions League winner. I've got absolutely no malice towards Chilwell. Boo him. Fine. Bit of pantomime. No problem. But say, yeah, people just get a little bit over the top. Now, don't get me wrong. It is quite amusing that his goal was then ruled out for VAR. Is VAR the best thing since sliced bread? Well, when the goal goes in, there is 0% of me 
that thinks it's going to be disallowed. I thought it was an own goal from Morgan, as we all thought, because the, the camera's on him, and more than likely it would have come off some part of Morgan because he's a big lad, and he's an even bigger lad now, isn't he? So you think it's going to be an own goal, and then you think, well, oh, what a crazy decision to bring him on. God, Wes. But then you see the replay, and it comes off Ben Chilwell last. And then, about 10 seconds later, they play in probably three-quarter speed the initial pass and it's offside you straight away went well that's offside it was close but it wasn't these fingertips or toenail offside decisions that you've seen or how far up the arm do you have to measure it was actually you could see it now I know I'm saying this after the Lord's Mayor show and after we've lifted the cup but honestly if VAR didn't exist or for some reason it wasn't in the final you'd look at that and go do you know what I think that's marginally offside but if VAR wasn't around, you'd put your hands up and go, well, it was a tight call, wasn't it? You don't quite know where he's kicked the ball. It was tight. The slight advantage with the player, fine. You'd, 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 be, you'd be all right with it, I think. A few people might go, oh, it was offside. But I think the majority will go, well, it, it was one of them so close, you know, you can't really tell. But because now we have the lines, even before they put the line on the pitch, you're like, this is offside, purely because there is the line of the penalty area, which helped. Um there was one, I think I heard Brendan say on an interview somewhere, whether it was on Radio Leicester or on, on whatever, um, he mentioned about the, the VAR decision and he says, yes, it was very close, but also the line of the defence was absolutely bang straight. I think it was Soyuncu who's maybe the last man, but the line of the defence was just exceptional also they're just outside the penalty area they're probably where you would want them there wasn't too weren't too deep um I think it was Albrighton who maybe got caught out underneath the ball but you know he's a he's a winger that's the problem that you have with someone like Albrighton it's uh and it was a good pass but it looked offside straight away so yes it was a VAR decision it was very close but it wasn't one of those and it made for a fantastic 60-second clip during the rounds on social media regarding the Chelsea fans. That's the problem with VAR. What it's going to be like next season when it's when there's full crowds back, fingers crossed there is, uh, they'll need to cross that hurdle. And I guarantee the authorities have not thought about how to make it better for fans in the ground. That's not crossed their mind at all, I bet. But never mind, we've got that lovely 60-second clip. And um, when that goal gets ruled off, and when it gets chalked off, that's when everyone knew we've won the cup. I feel their pain to an extent. I don't feel sorry for them, but I feel the pain because I can imagine being a supporter inside Wembley Stadium and seeing your team pushing and pushing and pushing for the equaliser and in a cup final and to then think that you've got it with just a couple of minutes to spare, you'd have gone absolutely mad. And no matter where you are in the stadium, unless you are probably like halfway up or sitting in the middle tier, directly in line with Leicester's defensive line, that's the only position that you're going to even have any kind of inkling that that might be offside from. And if you're a Chelsea fan, the ball's gone in the back of the net. It's not clear to the naked eye in real time first time viewing that it's offside so you go absolutely mental of course you do it's it's a goal in the FA Cup final to equalize with just a couple of minutes to go but you you're absolutely right Pete it's the, it's the correct decision and when the first replay of the goal 
was played on on TV before it was made clear that um, that the game couldn't be restarted because of the VAR review. That was when I I saw it and and they'd sort of half paused it for a brief moment as the ball was played and I and I uh, threw having my head in my hands. I turned to my mum and dad. I went, "That is extremely tight. VAR are going to need to look at that." And then um, and we did. And and yes, you're right. It's not. You'd have. Don't get me wrong. As a Leicester fan, I would not have cared one bit if if it was. Ben Chilwell's left big toenail that was half a millimetre further forward than Soyuncu, um, and it would be ruled out. But it was the right decision. It wasn't clear to the naked eye, but it was clear on VAR, I think, without the lines, to be honest with you, uh, and it was offside. So <laughs> there you go. If it was one of those toenail jobs, you know, if it really was one of those excruciatingly close where you're looking at it, you going, I can't see that. Now that would have been a bigger story at the top. Now, as we speak now, and in the aftermath of the cup final, all the attention has been on uh, the goal, uh, the fans, uh, top on the pitch, etc. And they've also mentioned that VAR decision. It's not the lead story. If it was a very, very close decision that you you can't even see until they draw lines, and even then, it's it's difficult. That would have been the story, but it's not. So that shows you quite it was okay. So I've not got a problem with with the uh, with the VAR. Um, yeah, it it's it's tremendous. Let's hear from the uh, from the supporters regard supporters. Uh, well, you support the podcast, don't you? Um, regarding three word reviews, although I I said look, you can use as much as you like. Um, what a game! What a day! Feel so proud. Thanks for V shy forever with us. Tony Walker can't stop crying. Uh, Nigel Beecroft, uh, I still can't believe it. It's happened in my lifetime. Uh, we've got uh, Fox Jenny. I'm in bits. We actually won the FA Cup. Uh, doesn't like chill well by the sounds of it. Ecstatic. I uh, can't believe it. That shot, those saves, I'm over the moon. Um, I can't believe, uh, I can't imagine how the players feel. Such a great day uh, from Packer Ken. Uh, one battle, thank you, Vishai. Richard Enriquez, uh, finally in my lifetime. Come on, you foxes. Casper's a god. Uh, from Andrew Norwood, uh, turn over the page, uh, go over to the Facebook, which, as we know, just takes a few seconds to load up, so talk amongst yourselves. So over on Facebook, and again, thanks for everyone for getting involved uh, with this. I, I think it was a few minutes after the final whistle. Obviously, I was uh, slightly uh, <laughs> slightly preoccupied. In fact, I've gone on Facebook and I never even put it on there. There you go. That's how preoccupied I was. Well, it was on Twitter anyway. We've seen that. So thanks for everyone getting involved on the three-word reviews. Uh, quite where we go from here with trophies, etc. And we're not going to dwell on it uh, for an awful long time. But just your, your, your feeling, Rob, like now we've won the FA Cup. Now we've won another major trophy in an era of dominance by Manchester City, not just with the league, but also with domestic cups, and also with the likes of, say, Chelsea and their spending power, etc. It's no surprise that those two clubs were in a semi-final and we had to beat one in the final. And we've done it the hard way. You beat Stoke, you beat Brentford, probably two of the harder away days in the championship and then you beat three Premier League sides you beat Brighton Manchester United and Chelsea you know deserved winners 
of the FA Cup, but now they've done it. I, I just want to know how you feel about kind of future prospects. That you know, we've we've now cemented this era of the club. We've followed up the league win with another major trophy fairly recently. You know, with within five years and also sustained a top six challenge for most of those years, apart from um, the one really afterwards, but we had the Champions League. Uh, I'm not saying that we're going to win a trophy every year or that even the supporters would demand a trophy every year. That won't happen. But Leicester now winning this trophy, it can only, it can only mean that Leicester are a more attractive club because people realise they can win things here, not only go on to other clubs, but they can actually win things here. Uh, some players might want to stay for longer than maybe they were pre-planning or maybe they had any career ideas. Um, but also, the current set of players know that they can win and they're more likely to. One means two. Two means three. When it comes to football, winning is a habit and winning cup competitions surely they're going to stride into those cup competitions next year. Even if you're a reserve player. Think of the players who've played in this. Armati's played. James Justin's played. Harvey Barnes has played. Uh, the goalkeeper Ward has played. Uh, lots and lots of players in this squad. Uh, Ian Acho, before his amazing turn of form, he was playing and scoring goals in the FA Cup. I don't know how many players have actually played in the FA Cup in the Leicester squad, but you'd imagine it's in the 16-17s roughly so it's a real squad effort those players who maybe will start the early rounds of the league cup or the third round of the fa cup they're gonna bounce into those games knowing that do you know what we've got a real chance here of winning a medal and winning this competition that can it can only be good of course it can and you know we we spoke earlier on in the podcast about would will leicester fans get carried away and start to expect or demand success no i don't think so but naturally a trophy win, it probably increases your belief more than anything. And uh, I think it increases the desire a little bit for for more silverware, but not in a particularly negative way. Talking relatively short term, if you're looking at the FA Cup next season, I think it will be an absolute privilege to be talked about as the holders of the FA Cup. Can Leicester defend their trophy? I think that's a positive kind of pressure, um, and really, there is a there is a reasonable chance that that Leicester could defend their title. That Leicester could um, keep the FA Cup in their trophy cabinet for back to back years. We knew straight away, really, didn't we? As soon as we won the Premier League, to to win it again, the odds would probably. I know they weren't actually with the bookies, but the odds would probably be even more unlikely than five thousand to one. The FA Cup is much fewer games. Yes, it's a knockout competition, so there's slightly different elements to it, but realistically, I think Leicester City as a club are in a position to be challenging to win those trophies, and that and that's kind of... Uh, that, that's a really nice and, and positive and happy feeling because I don't think it will get to the point where if we got knocked out in the fourth round because we maybe were, were saving players for the Champions League game upcoming or whatever... Um, and you got knocked out by a championship opponent in in the fourth round. Would would be would we be fuming? Would we be kicking off thinking, oh, what a terrible defence of our FA Cup? Um, no, not really. I don't think. I think you'd go, well, that's that's a bit disappointing. Going out in the fourth round would always be disappointing. But you know, 
it's fine. We're, we're Leicester. We're in a would hopefully at that point be in a reasonable position in the league, and there's always next year as as a slightly more realistic possibility. Um, one thing I will finish on on that point is the the some of the post match interviews asked a couple of players and Brendan Rodgers, I think, is this the start of something special at Leicester City? And I didn't like the question, to be honest with you, when I first heard it, um, because, and and I totally agree with the way that Yuri Tielemans answered it. He said, you know, no, the, the players that won the Premier League five years ago, that was the start of something special at this football club. Uh, and arguably, you could look a little bit further back, and obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing, but the day that King Power took over Leicester City is uh, is historically one of the days that uh, the the start of the something special. Uh, and Tielemans kind of almost basically put his gratitude to the players, uh, the the players in the squad of five years ago that won Leicester City the Premier League, uh, and now we've won the FA Cup as well. And I think we are in the midst now of a period of success that has been unparalleled in our club's entire history. And, you know, things could, not that I don't think they will, but things could be in a position where this could be unrivaled, this period of success that we, the supporters, are living through and enjoying, it could be unrivaled for the next 130-odd years. So... If we don't win another trophy, then we've had some outstanding moments in, in our recent history. And I'm, I, for one, am just very, very grateful to, to be part of it uh, as a supporter, um, as the service that you and I provide at the club, Pete, as, as, as a football fan in general. Just absolutely delighted to be part of it. And hopefully we're in a we're in a great position to go and, and compete for some more trophies. I'm, but I'm very very content. Yep, I am as well. And without wanting to finish on a slightly downward thing, but you, you look at Rogers and you look at him winning a trophy, and I'd imagine there's plenty of owners out there looking at Brendan Rogers, going, "That's the guy we want in charge of our club." Spurs absolutely 100% will come in for him. Surely, um, I can't see any reason why he would go at all to Spurs compared to Leicester at the moment. Um, the only, the only club I can see being an issue would be Arsenal if they decide to, for some reason, let Mikel Arteta go. I think if Arsenal come knocking, that's a different proposition to Spurs. I know that might sound a little bit dicey regarding their league position, but I just think overall, Arsenal is a, a, a much bigger job, bigger club than Tottenham and more prestige and more chance than than winning things, etc., etc., at, at, at Arsenal. That would be, if I was Brendan Rodgers and they came knocking, you'd have to think about that. But again, we don't want to dwell on that because we want to look forward to what will happen at the end of the season. End of the day, we might be in the Champions League. Who knows? We're not really going to talk about that because, again, that's going to be happening whilst you're probably listening to this or even has happened after you've listened to this because this is a podcast for the FA Cup and also the For Fox 8 podcast Fancy Football League because there's a very good chance, Rob, and more than likely that we this will be the last podcast before the end of the season. So we better have a quick look at the For Fox 8 podcast because at the time of recording, it's actually the end of a game week. So this is the actual up-to-date league 
Fancy Football League. Roll the music. Top 10 of the Fox 8 Podcast Fancy Football League. 2,228 points. Up into 10th place, Matt Foister with Foistruns. Up into 9th place, 2,233 points. FC Vladovic Barbers, uh, Steve Curtin's team. And no change in 8th, Jack Royal, Handbags and Mad Cags, 2,239. Up to 2,244, Gareth Bell, Bulldogs Forever. 2,263 Tyler Hunya with Team Lau in 6th Top 5 2,279 points Down into 5th Humza Yazdani FC Mordor Up into 4th Luke Taylor Taylor made 2,291 points The top 3 2,297 points Is Joe Healy Les Dennis In 2nd Up into 2nd 3 points more 2,300 points Ben Melbourne, Vini Vidi Vardi on 2,300 points and in first place 2,364 points Sam Lau So, 64 points clear couple of game weeks to go that's going to take some turnaround for either Ben Melbourne or Joe Healy to try and close Luke Taylor still with a chance, an outside chance at that. So that's the top 10. Myself, I've had a good couple of weeks. I I flirted with the top 10. I'm in 14th place, Rob. Uh, Frank Sinclair, own goal. Pete Selby, uh, 49 points. 2,207. So I'm the same points as Matt Hatson. And from the top 10, I'm 21 points off the top 10. So I have an outside chance of a top 10 finish. Uh, Rob, you have had a couple of, dare I say, very good weeks. Yeah, I'm having a belting finish to the season. I, I was flirting with borderline relegation, if if one could ever get relegated from a, a fantasy Premier League mini league. Um, my goal, probably as long ago as maybe six, seven weeks uh, maybe six, seven episodes, let's say. Long, that's slightly longer than six, seven weeks. My goal was to get back into the top 100 for some kind of respectable finish. I've had a few mammoth weeks uh, and I'm up now into 78th place. I've got 61 this week. I'm on 1,973, level with Yuri Unbelievable uh, and Grayson Decore. Um, and I'd say probably... I, I don't think I've got a chance of getting into the top 70 now, but I am more than happy to have unless something goes drastically wrong, achieved my um, late season objective of getting into the into the top 100. Where was this form in the middle of the season? I don't know, because I had a reasonable start and I had a massive, massive dip. But I've picked it back up uh, and I hope, as my co-host Pete, that you don't think uh, 78th is, is too disrespectful. No, not at all. You, you, you're kind of playing in the style of a player who wants to sign a new contract who maybe is out of contract at the end of the season who's just having a, a final few games hurrah to to maybe pen a new one-year deal you don't want to be relegated you'd end up on the forever forest podcast and you, you don't want to be on that um <laughs> funny enough that's just you think about forest and derby at times like this and oh my word what's going on there uh never mind it's uh it's all good on this side of the east midlands triangle now to finish the podcast, Rob, um, if I say to you, 
Leicester have won the FA Cup. What's the first thing that comes into your mind from what happened on Saturday? The Tielemans goal. Same. Mine's the Tielemans goal, running to the corner. Um, me shouting shoot before he hit the ball, not claiming an assist, but, you know, he probably heard me. I stood up and shouted, shouted what a goal about four times. I will remember that. I will remember um, afterwards Vardy with it's it's Vardy really you know everyone has the favourite player but it's it's all very Schmeichel great you know excellent it's it's Vardy with the trophy isn't it that's for me and and his medal and what what a career you know what a career and for him to have won the league and the FA Cup now that's whatever happens if he fritters away now a couple of seasons in and out the side or or whatever it doesn't matter he's now got the the ultimate career behind him an amazing story so i i'm delighted for him you know he's he's my all-time favorite player he always will be now you know you go back to your walshes and your and your crazy frank sinclairs and stuff like that it's nice jamie vardy isn't it he's he, he's the man he's the hero so for him i'm so delighted for him and schmeichel but yeah him with the trophy seeing top run on the pitch with schmeichel getting him there uh that was fantastic but it's the goal isn't it you know that was a hell of a goal to win a hell of a trophy. Leicester have won the FA Cup, Rob. Let that sink in. Think about that over the summer. Regardless of what happens over the next few days, we've won the FA Cup. And let's just hope that we're in the big competition next year. But whatever the case is, whatever competition we enter next year, we're in with a chance. Because guess what? Leicester City win things. Mm-hmm. 